Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, November 8th, 2021. I'm Andrew Hansen alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. And eights are wild, Coach. Eight games on the NBA slate tonight. Big news just coming across the wire here right before we record this at lunchtime with Mr. Embiid on the sidelines. Are you ready to break this down? I am. It uh, it should be an interesting week of NBA. We're we're starting to have some of the big uh, studs fall out because of COVID protocol. And from what, I'm, from what I just read from one of the Philly beat writers, uh, it's not just one of those. You know, you're out a day or so. It looks like extended day absence uh, for Drummond. So, or I mean for Embiid. And I say Drummond because. You know, we got to grab him tonight in those mid five price numbers and just he's a free square. And then uh, we'll see how his price goes from there. But we know that uh, he's very capable of a big double double. And uh, at least we have one spot filled already. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. You want to say Drummond because we want to get him in our lineups. And interesting that Philly already has some guys out with Tobias and, and Thibel, et cetera. And, and they're in game one here. So yeah. we can definitely get our lineup set on both sites. So let's do that here, game by game. There's only one 7 o'clock tip-off. It is New York in Philly with a, a low total here of 211. Yeah. Uh, Philly favored by 4.5. And, and it's a back-to-back -back for New York, front end for Philly. And normally we would look at this game and not be too excited about it. But with all this injury news and COVID news, uh, we we, we got to dissect this one. And really, it's the Philly side that we have to talk about there with Tobias out, Embiid out, Thibel out, Isaiah Joe out, and Danny Green questionable. He did go through shoot around apparently today, right. so possibly trending towards playing. No real injury news on the New York side, but we have Kemba coming back. He was resting on the front end last night. So uh, kick it off for us, Coach. Yeah, um, the exciting part about this game is it should be a hotly contested game. Uh, Vegas line right now is Philadelphia minus a half a point. So you need to explain that one to me, Andrew. Uh, NBA games can't end in a tie. Right, so well, <laughs> we got to have somebody win the bet. And uh, I'm glad you updated that because I wrote down the line about an hour ago. And it has shifted dramatically since the MB news came out. So now it's almost a pick em. It, it basically is uh, because at point, go ahead and take the point five. See how much good that does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so uh, the implied total in this game, it's interesting. Like you say, everything shifted with Embiid news. Uh, the uh, Knicks are 105 and a half and uh, the Phil and Philadelphia is 106. So not super exciting on either side, but you know, like I said at the, at the top of the show here, 5.7 for Andre Drummond on DraftKings and similar pricing and on, uh, you know, FanDuel and Yahoo, also very good pricing. I just think you plug him in. I mean, he's, to me, he's a lock. I think that his production at that price and the minutes that we're anticipating, it's not like they can go play super small ball because you've got that combination of Mitch Robb and, and Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson and Julius Randle. They have some big dudes up front. I expect Drummond to get monster minutes there. Um, as let's bust the the Knicks side down a little bit here. Kemba Walker coming back, you know, the split with uh, Derrick Rose just does not excite me. I don't care if the price is cheap or not. Just not real fired up to go there. Fournier had a decent shooting night last night, but 
you know, I don't like taking him on back-to-back games, especially if Danny Green does play and guards him some. Uh, and then other than that, though, Barrett's overpriced. Randall at 9-7, I get it. Um, but I don't want any part of the center sharing. So more than likely, Andrew, I'm, I'm going to be past City on the Knicks. I'm past City as well. Yep. Um, I mean, if they get one of those guards down to near minimum price, maybe, but no need to go there with lots of value on this slate. So I, I think it's all about that Philly side. We get Drummond in there. I'm with you there. And then we got to just find out if Danny Green is playing. If he starts and if Milton goes back to the bench, he's not as attractive. He's really stepped up in Green's absence, though. Uh, his price is still fair if if Green is out. Uh, Maxi Curry, you know, they're they're fairly priced again. Um, Curry, by the way, 60-50-87 shooting line on the season. He is really stroking it. That's outlandish. Yeah. Um, but for me, most likely it would be an, another value play if we really wanted to load up on some stubs, studs. You've got Paul Reed at 3,300 on DraftKings as a potential starter. Korkmaz has, has picked it up. You know, and the rotation is just really tight if Danny Green is out. You know, they may only go like eight deep. So I could get a second sixer in here. I just want to see if Danny Green is starting. Yeah, the, the problem with me with the Sixers now is that tight rotation, yeah, but right now it's a strong eight, uh, even with him beat out. And that's what scares me. I mean, the Maxi Curry, Corkmaz, Milton is a timeshare. Let's face it, though, you know, Maxi with a little edge there, of course, but all four of them are going to get minutes. And then, you know, I'm all about trying to take a value guy in Paul Reed, but he's probably not going to play as much as George, George Niang. He's, you know, four, six, and will probably get more minutes. And to me is more interesting than Reed, but I'm, I'm probably just going to take Drummond. And this game starts an hour before the other seven games. So I may just drum my way to that first game here and be done with it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Got a nice gift you put in uh, main chat there with the news. <laughs> I was wondering out of that if anybody one. picked that up and wondered <laughs> what I was putting in there. <laughs> All right, game two at 8 o'clock. This one's on NBA TV, doubleheader tonight. Brooklyn and Chicago, 214.5 total. Chicago favored by 1.5. Brooklyn coming in on back-to-back. Nice win over Toronto. And, Coach, before you break down the Brooklyn side, I just got to throw out here that Brooklyn is ranked fourth defensively in efficiency. And did you know that six of their last eight games, they've held their opponents under 100 points? That's amazing. Can you imagine if we'd said last year that that was going to happen at the beginning of the season? Nobody would have believed it. Well, I'll tell you, I've been preaching it on these podcasts every day with our seven-day-a-week podcasts. Is you really have to look at these numbers now. You know, the defensive efficiency numbers, the pace numbers. They are dramatically different from last year. And a lot of that is because there's new players on a lot of teams and the configuration of the way they play. Coaches have adjusted. You know, I think Steve Nash and his staff just realized, listen, we can win an NBA championship, but we can't if we have one of the worst three defenses in the league. So they trade, changed strategy a little bit, slowed the ball down enough that they can you know, get themselves in a good defensive position and not giving up loose turnovers where other, you know, the other teams are getting easy offensive transition hoops. So 
yeah, I think you make a great point there. And it is something to, to be aware of. Now, it, it is a small sample size, whatever. Everybody's like nine or ten games, but it is definitely newsworthy, you know? Yeah, and you mentioned the, the pace. They are down to 23rd. So slower pace, saving a little energy for defense. And then injury-wise tonight, Claxton out, James Johnson questionable. So what are your thoughts there on the Brooklyn side? Well, the the spread here is Chicago minus one and a half, 107.5 for their total uh, on the, the net side, and Chicago's 109. So still, you know, you like to see 110 plus for me. It gives me a little bit of a check mark to, to like them better. People are going to, you know, this is going to be an NBA TV game, so it's going to get a little bit more play than normal. Also, they hear these teams and they think, oh, my gosh, it's going to be an explosion. Harden, Durant, Ball, Levine, DeRozan, Vukovic, you know, DFS points through the roof. I think this game's going to be over-owned, Andrew, and I, I'm not going to go as heavy on it. I like some other games, and I'm going to be a little bit more patient in my build, um, you know, Harden's 10-1 and Durant's 9-9. So those are the two obvious key guys you want to look at from the Brooklyn side. Certainly, I I feel that you can be pretty comfortable buying up to either one, but not both. Not on an eight-game slate, in my opinion. And uh, believe it or not, I'm, I'm leaning a little bit more towards KD in this game as opposed to James Harden. I just think the interior defense from Chicago – is a little shaky. You know, Green is is a youngster in there, and Vuk's not a, a good defender. They'll use a combination of some guys off the bench, like Derek Jones Jr. will probably come in to guard uh, KD a little bit, but I still think he's a strong play, and uh, that would probably be the only guy I'd look at. I don't want to get in that mix of all the other timeshares of the other six guys. Yeah, I'm with you. I think this game, you need to – be a little cautious with it and don't need to to go all in here. I'm also with you. I I, I lean Durant over Harden. Uh, I just don't think they have a matchup for him. Javante Green undersized. You know, Vucevic will be dealing with the centers. You know, Derek Jones Jr., like you said, could be out there some, but um, just not imposing defensively. So I think Durant's in the best spot there for the Nets. And not thrilled with the rest of that team, but Blake Griffin, who started the season poorly, has had three strong games recently. He's 4,300. He is power forward eligible uh, on DraftKings, so he's the other guy I might take a look at. Um, but yeah, not not fired up about this game. Chicago side, uh, you know, they're eighth defensively so far this year. Uh, off to a strong start, six and three. Nice mix of guys here gelling so far. Um, but in terms of selecting one of them, you know, it, Brooklyn taking it more serious defensively. Uh, so the names are a little bit better than the plays. I think tonight, uh, the price tags aren't, aren't that cheap. So for me, you know, maybe DeMar DeRozan, he's getting up good 20 shots a game. You know, he and Levine are really chucking it. Uh, Lonzo and Vucevic have suffered a little, suffered a little bit in terms of shot attempts. So I, I probably won't go there. I mean, this could be the day for Lonzo to get it going. Um, we'll see who Bruce Brown guards. You know, he could give Levine some trouble. Um, so if I'm going to go anybody on Chicago right now, I'm leaning DeMar DeRozan, but I, I don't think you need to. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be lightly lightly owned here, just like you. 
Yeah, I, you know, a couple things I want to say real quick so I don't forget. Griffin, I like in games where LaMarcus takes a, a game off and they're giving, they're really trying to, you know, bring him in slowly. He's getting decent minutes when he plays, but I don't like when Griffin and Aldridge play because it really is a, a total split minutes there. Uh, and then a Chicago side, I like Lonzo Ball. I And the reason being is, I can almost guarantee that Bruce Brown is going to be up in Zach Levine's, you know, jersey. He, that's who he's going to be assigned to. And I think Joe Harris, who is an underrated, he's a good DRPM guy. I know that that stat's not perfect, but his he's done well against opposing small forwards. So I think he'll at least keep DeRozan in check enough to not, you know, pay off that 8.2 uh, K salary and Levine at 8.6. So for me, I'd rather go down to Lonzo Ball at 6.8 with James Harden defense and, you know, maybe Patty Mills defense off the bench. I think uh, Lonzo can have a, a nice game and he gets, he grabs those extra rebounds and can really, uh, you know, fill it up as far as the periphery stats. Vuk's a little interesting to me, Andrew. I, I know he's 8.6 and that's a lot, but you know, again, the timeshare at center, not having Claxton at all is is actually important because Griffin and Aldridge aren't true centers. That you know, they're they're fours. They never played the five much uh, in their careers. Now Aldridge did way back in the Portland days, but he's more of a four. So I, you know, Vuk's on my radar. He'll probably make a GPP lineup, but Ball's really uh, my target. And if you want to go super low, you know Alex Caruso at 4-2 is going to get minutes. He comes in, he backs up at multiple positions, and gets a decent amount of minutes. But it's hard to go to guys like that on an eight-game slate. Yeah, I mean, hearing about Lonzo, I mean, of all the games, this could be the the day. But this these four guys here, I just don't like, you know, the fact that in terms of fantasy, you know, especially the the other three, they're all in the mid-8K range. Yeah. Um, and they're just not, it's just tough with the usage. You know, if they were all 7,000, it would be a lot different. But yeah, Chicago's not a DFS friendly team anymore, not with no. all the splitting. Right. All right. Game three, we've got Minnesota and Memphis, uh, 218 and a half, another eight o'clock tip. Memphis favored by six at home. And the news here, we've got D'Angelo Russell questionable. And on the Memphis side, we still have Dylan Brooks out. So uh, why don't you kick off that Minnesota side? Yeah, you know, you've got two implied totals here that are solid. 105.25 for Minnesota, which is okay, not great, but enough in a, in a game with this much pace. Memphis 111.25, so that's the highest thus far. Uh, still not, you know, the greatest, but uh, there's some definite interest here. Um, D'Angelo Russell News is extremely important. I'm not going to be a sucker and, and fall for the Patrick Beverly. He destroyed my lineup the other night when he started a point when D'Angelo was out. So that won't happen again. Um, if D'Angelo sits, I'll put my, my attention more towards Anthony Edwards. He is 8K, which isn't that great. But, you know, D'Angelo chucks some shots. And there's multiple times in watching those games where Edwards flares out and is open, and D'Angelo is going to take that shot where – the other guards will will give him the ball. You know, you know, Beverly's going to give him the ball. McLaughlin is he's in, if he's in there. You know, whoever it is on uh, that at the point. So uh, 
that news I need for D'Angelo because that'll be a key point for me with Anthony Edwards. You get a lot of uh, cheap prices in this this one with uh, some ancillary guys like McDaniel's and Prince and Vanderbilt and you know Beasley. They're all cheap, but man, none of them have really been to the point where I feel like I can put them in a cash, uh, you know, eight game main slate type of lineup. You know, the big decision will be Cat at 10-3. Is he going to be uh, a buy-up for a lot of people? I would assume so. I don't know if I'm going to go there, though. I, I don't think that's the spot I want for my big cash guy. Um, I think he can do just fine. But again, we're, you know, we're talking about 60-burger plus to, to make his uh, numbers. So, you know, for me, it's probably Edwards based on the D'Angelo news, and I'm not getting sucked into that bench anymore. Yeah, I agree. The The Russell domino is huge for Edwards. Um, much more interested in him if Russell is out. Not really interested in that bench. Beasley will come in and chuck it, uh, but he's he is GPP only, really, because, mm-hmm. you know, if he's hitting a shot, he can do it. I'm not going to go to Cat today. Too expensive for me on this slate with Drummond and some other value bigs. Yeah. Uh, the Memphis side. Now, here's a good ex- a good time to just remind people, Coach, about Memphis, and you got to get them on the right night because in that last game they went 15 deep. They had 14 guys play at least 10 minutes. That's crazy. You know, you just can't when they're involved in a back to back. Typically, you just can't go there. Jaw is the only consideration. They're not in a back-to-back here. Neither team is. And you referenced the pace here. Both teams top five in pace. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't mind some exposure here. But, you know, on the Memphis side, Jaw is 9,100. So, you know, he's a maybe for me. Um, with the rest of Memphis, you know, just they're they're tough. They're really tough. Because now these value wing players, Melton Bain, are getting priced up a little bit. Triple J, he can have big games, but shooting 34% on the, on the season from the field. So he's very inconsistent. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, I love the pace here, but if D'Angelo Russell plays, I, I may not come out of here with anybody. Interesting. I mean, I like this team a lot. I really do. I, I'm probably going to roster two Grizzlies today. And a lot of it's based on, I just like the way they're playing. And you made perfect points. You you definitely, the points I wanted to make is they're not on a back-to-back. And Coach Jenkins, he's said it and he does it. When they're on back-to-backs, he uses his bench. He trusts them and he uses them. When they're not, their main guys get a lot more minutes. I mean, he's trying to really you know, manage those minutes for guys and not burn them out by the end of the season. So it's, it makes sense. I mean, you know, it's, it's just a perfect thing. Grizzlies avoid on back-to-backs and you can jump back on them when they're in the right situation, when they have a standalone game and the one eleven two five, you know, I, that number is solid. The pace is going to be great. Here's the guys I consider. Four guys, believe it or not, and I'm probably going to roster two of these guys. I think Jaw at nine one is very playable. Um, I'm not afraid of that that bench defense or the backcourt defense from the T Wolves. I think DeAnthony Melton could be a decent play at five one. He's been the big beneficiary with Brooks not playing this year. Guy that I've been on, and I don't know if he's missed making value. So knock on wood, he if he, if I roster, he does it tonight. 
But Desmond Bain's only 4-7. And if you look at his numbers, he has really stepped up and taken a big role. There are a lot of times that he's their second guy to Morant. I mean, he's literally literally stepped up that much. And then the other guy, believe it or not, you're probably surprised, is Steven Adams, only because he's 4.5. And I'm not going to do it on where you can only have one center, uh, like FanDuel, but where you can have multiple centers. If I'm really looking for value, I think Adams at 4.5, he'll rebound the ball. No, he's not going to score it a ton, but Cat's a terrible defender at the center position. And they need Adams on the floor as much as possible to neutralize uh, Cat. So, yeah, you know, I know they they have some bench guys that can come in and spell him, but uh, I think he's not a bad value. So more than likely, Andrew, I'm going to go with like a Jaw Adams or maybe uh, Melton Bain. You know, some combination of those guys. I just feel like this is like a 115 to 120 total for the Grizzlies tonight. And uh, I want to have some exposure there. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying about the Adams price. Bain has been very solid. And Jaw, I, you know, I agree. I like him more if Russell's starting. If Beverly's starting, I think he'll be up in his grill all night, making it tough. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, this game is it's sort of like a GPP game, where if it does go high scoring close, then it could be important. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Let's go to the 8:30 game. New Orleans and your Mavericks. And yeah. Mavs are eight and a half point favorites with that six and three record. How about New Orleans? A one and nine, just wow. in the doldrums without Zion. Total here, two ten and a half. Injury news. Uh, Brandon Ingram questionable. We might get him back out there. Herbert Jones also questionable. And then Kleba out for Dallas. So what are your thoughts here? Well, I mean, you know, eight and a half point favoritism for Dallas, even though the Pelicans are not good. You know, I don't think the Mavs have quite played to that record. They still are a, a work in progress. Porzingis came back last game and he was good. But, you know, it's I feel like I don't think this game blows out is what I'm trying to say. Um, the Pels have a 102, which isn't the greatest. Mavs are implied total 110 and a half, which is decent. Um from the Pell side, I mean, you can't really discuss it at all until you decide, you know, you find out if Ingram's playing or not. So that makes it pretty simple. If Ingram plays without restrictions at 8-4, I think, you know, he's at higher mid-level pricing, lower top-level price. I think he's, do a you know, a doable commodity there. I think you, you have to consider him. The guy that I really like, and I know it's a broken record, but it is what it is. You know, the Mavs don't defend the center position well, period. And Joe Val, I think, is playing really good ball. He's the only player on their team that's really played a lot better than expected. And I thought he'd be a great addition there. And it might change a lot when Cheeseburgers is back. You know, sorry, I don't hate to be mean about Zion, mm -hmm. but uh, – but right now, Joe Val at 8'5", I like that number. And again, you know, you got that Drummond taking that spot on FanDuel. But in on Yahoo and uh, DraftKings, I'll be dialing up a lot of Joe Val. And I'll probably even have him in my FanDuel GPP. I think he's the best play on the Pelican side. Uh, not looking at any of their bench players. And, uh, you know, it's probably 100% Joe Val if Ingram sits. 
I may turn it back just a notch if Ingram plays. I'm not going to play both of them in the same lineup, though. Yeah, I like Joe Val here. Uh, eight straight double doubles, you know, big double doubles too. He's not just yeah. eking by. He's getting you know fifteen or more rebounds here repeatedly. Yeah. So good option there. Uh, I don't think I'll go to Ingram. Um, you know, the hip issue. You know, he could get it done. I just like some of the other guys better in that price range. He'll he'll get Dorian uh, Finney-Smith defense too, which is no picnic. Yep, yep. Uh, if he sits. You know, the only value guy I'm looking at is Garrett Temple, potentially, on DraftKings only. If you're playing multiple lineups, he's 3,400. Last three games, he's averaged 22 fantasy points, so he's giving you 6x plus. Um, You know, he's not one of those lock-in value plays like a big who you know is going to push for a double-double when he starts. You know, so he's more of a GPP play. But I just don't really like anyone else on that team here. you know, even if Ingram sits, they're they're all GPP plays to me. So uh, the Dallas side, I'll, I'll get started over there. It's probably the guards are passed for me. Luca and Jalen, they keep getting it done. Uh, Luca had a rather large shot recently, I think. I'm not sure about that, but possibly a game winner. That uh, was, and then that was sweet, man. What a <laughs> shot! Yeah, he's you know he's. He's fun, man. I, I you know, I, I do enjoy watching him. You know, you know it's uh, funny though. I, I'm watching that game live, and you know, I'm a Mavericks fan, and and Luke is my favorite player, so I'm rooting for it to go in. But my DFS gut was saying miss it because right. I had so many players in that game. I wanted overtime. <laughs> yeah, I know the feeling. But yep. uh, well, you took the win, which is not not the worst thing. So true. Uh, you know, 10-9 or ten seven. Uh, I don't know if I'm I'm ready to go there. You know, he's he's getting there with uh, the 50 fantasy point nights, not really smashing it with the 70s. Uh, but you know, depends on how everything comes together with value plays. Uh, he's playable, uh, and, and same thing with Brunson. That's probably about it for me. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, Luca 10-7. Maybe some people are going to get afraid because it may blow out, but. He hasn't hit value on that 10, 11, 10, 7, 11 K type number, really. And that, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to go up to that number. Uh, not because I don't, I think it's going to blow out. I just, you know, there's enough sharing going on of some of the other guys. Brunson has been the most improved player on the team. So there's a little usage going around. He still dominates usage, but I just don't really want to pay up. Uh, the thing that upsets me the most, though, uh, is I can't believe that Jay Kidd stuck uh, with with Porzingis coming back, put Brunson back on the bench. I, it's the most asinine thing I've ever seen. You look at his statistics over the last two years when he starts, and he's an elite guard. I mean, he's a 35-40 fantasy point-a-night guy. And why you wouldn't just play the – the big seven, five stiff, whatever he is at center, let Porzingis play center. Dwight Powell stinks. He needs to be on the bench. They should be starting Luca Brunson, Hardaway, Finney Smith, and Porzingis. So that gets me all worked up because I think Brunson at the sub six price at five, seven is a great play. However, you know, I get concerned that he's going to get lost in the shuffle on the full minutes now that he's coming off the bench. So probably not going to go there either. Um, I, I doubt that I'm going to have any Mavs tonight. So I know that's a weird thing, but 
I just don't feel good about any of their prices. I think if you get sucked back into Porzingis at six seven, you know he'll you know uh, get a hangnail or soften up and have a bad game. So I, I hate to sound sour, but you just can't trust him. And uh, so I'm you know I know it's weird against the, the possibly the one of the two or three worst teams in the league, but just don't feel good about the Mavs tonight as far as rostering anybody in DFS. And I think Jay Kidd in games where he feels he's going to coast, and I take the, the Houston Rockets game as an example. Go back and look at that box score. He played, this is no joke, I swear, I'm not kidding, played all 15 guys in the first half. 15. And he has a tendency to do that in games he thinks they can pull out. And Houston kept making little runs at him, making it closer, but the Mavs just you know, finished with their regulars and, and won by like 10 or 12. So I think he may go back to that model and you're going to see more Reggie Bullock, Frank Dillacina, Sterling Brown, Willie Cauley-Stein, maybe even a little Boban or Josh Green. So if he's going to be going deep, I don't think there's a lot of value in the Mavs. Yeah, a lot of these guys, GPP only for me, like, like Porzingis. All right, Coach, halfway through the slate, let's invite folks to come grab our lineups tonight at DFSCoachDoc.com. That's where you sign up. And then we invite you into our Discord, where we provide you with the lineups. We'll have a full DraftKings clipboard for you tonight, core plays and other pivots to fill out your lineup. Then we'll have our full FanDuel and Yahoo lineups for your cash games and your GPPs. What else, Coach? Well, if you know on DraftKings, that clipboard has really become popular. Where it's a unique thing that we offer that I don't believe any other provider offers, and. If you play DraftKings or that's you know your only site you play, we really are the provider for you because we give you a starting five highlighted five players to start your core build. And then staying within the DraftKings guidelines, we're going to give you a bunch of players at the different positions that we feel are strong candidates to fill out your roster. So it gives you a really good heads up on putting uh, the right team together on DraftKings. And it's a no-brainer on FanDuel and Yahoo where we're providing a cash-slash-hybrid. Our hybrid is basically single-entry GPP. Uh, and then uh, we also provide a GPP lineup. So you're getting two lineups for both of those sites. So it is a great time to get in you know, with us. We're you know, known a lot for our NBA, our coverage and background, and our consistency of winning for seven years straight. So we'd love to have you jump in. You can try us for as little as three days for $10 or five days for 19 So give us a shout. If you're watching on YouTube right now, you can ask some questions. We can direct you from there. But just give us that quick thumbs up. Hit the subscribe button. Give us a quick comment. That's the perfect spot. You know, where do I sign up or enjoy the pod or whatever. Just that really helps us move up in the algorithm. And while you're at it, click that little bell in the upper corner that will give you an alert when any of our podcasts post. If you're listening on audio, uh, wherever it is, Amazon Music that's new to the, the uh, party or iTunes or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, take a second on there. Give us the high rating, the five star, uh, whatever the site offers, and a quick comment. If you do that, you get into a drawing for a free five-day all-access membership to Coach Talk. And uh, so we'd love to have you uh, jump in there. That's drawn at the end of each month. 
And the last point I wanted to make, Andrew, and I'll, I'll let you answer this as it's become sort of a rolling joke now, is when you sign up for Coach Talk, do you only get the sport you sign up for? You get all four, actually. Uh, you won't get much baseball right now uh, in nope. the wintertime. Korean baseball's going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that was last year. We, we covered that. But um, you get PGA twice a week, full tournament lineups, and then weekend only, and you get – NFL, let's see, Thursday, so three days a week, all the showdown slates, main slate, uh, doing great there. So you get them all, Coach. It's just awesome. however long you want to be with us, pick that membership, and uh, you get all the sports. Let's go. What are you waiting for? Let's go. Let's do it. Uh, all right, let's do the second half of the slate. Miami, Denver. We got some big totals here, or bigger totals coming in the second half of the slate, but not this one, Coach. 205. Yeah. Miami favored by two on the road. Injury news, Struess is out for Denver. We have Michael Porter Jr. out, Monty Morris probable. So what do you have here? Not much. This is going to be my short game, and I'll I'll cover both teams in one shot and then let you take it from there. I will say it's, it's Miami by one and a half, like you said. So, you know, it should be a contested game, but 103 implied for Miami, 101 and a half for Denver. This just seems like a, a beatdown game, a defensive, more throwback, lower scoring, uh, great defense from the Miami side. Uh, you know, they can really lock people down. You know, Bam is athletic enough to get out and bother the Joker enough that 11K is a little pricey. Now, he's phenomenal. He's probably, he and Giannis are the best two, you know, DFS players uh, going, in my opinion. But, you know, I just the prices are pretty high on the main guys for Miami. Seven nine Lowry, you know, nine three Butler, eight one Bam. This just doesn't seem like a conducive matchup. And then on the other side, you know, you're taking a risk with everybody. Now, where are those Michael Porter Jr. minutes gonna go? You know, you might get a nice little jump to PJ Dozier, who I think is is a playable commodity at three point three, but it's risky because you may get some Bones Highland, Jermichael Green. You're going to get a lot of mixture, Jeff Green. Um, so I just don't feel good about this game, and I'm I'm pretty much going to just pass. Yeah, I don't love the game overall. Both teams are top five defensively this year in terms of efficiency. They are sort of middle of the road in pace. Um, and I don't like those DraftKings prices for Miami. But Lowry is still cheap on FanDuel, 6200 and. Three out of the last four, he's been around 40 fantasy points, even a 50. He had a triple-double. And until yeah. FanDuel prices him up, I'm going to keep going there at 6200 That's a missed price for sure. Yeah. Uh, that's probably it for Miami for me. And then on Denver, it's going to be P.J. Dozier and or uh, Will Barton. You know, Depending on how your lineup comes together, they, they've get, they're going to give you some flexibility because they're both shooting guard and small forward eligible on both sites. Uh, you know, Barton's had some good games recently. Dozier, like you said, I, I think he'll step up and get more minutes. You know, he's not, uh, he's not a lock-in guy for any particular fantasy point number, but, uh, those two guys I think are worth a look tonight with, uh, Porter Jr. out. Yeah. Normally I jump on somebody from Denver because, you know, you figure you lose one of your elite players, that usage is going to be a burst to somebody, but, Porter Jr.'s pretty much been invisible this year. I mean, losing him isn't going to be that big of a blow, in my opinion. 
as far as from a DFS standpoint, I think they'll just disseminate that usage amongst three or four guys. So that's why I'm not running that way. All right. Three more games to go here, Coach, all at 10 o'clock or later, starting with it. Atlanta and Golden State. 222 total, our highest so far. Golden State favored by three and a half at home. This is a front end for Atlanta and a back end for Golden State. Uh, the news here, we've got Collins probable. And on the Golden State side, we have Iguodala questionable. So what are you thinking here? Well, I mean, Golden State three-and-a-half-point favorite, so it should be a fairly close game. You've got those back-to-backs for both and different sides, which makes it a little confusing. But good implied totals, 109-and-a-half for Atlanta, 113, which is the winner thus far for Golden State. We know they can score it, but they are also been tough defensively. They're right up the top. So, yeah, this, this is tricky. You know, what's funny to me, uh, Andrew, is – uh, it's not going to be for the faint of heart tonight because these last three games, you could have three quarters of your lineup in these last three games because they're all higher than the early games. So you may have to see yourself down there in the bottom 10% for a while. But if you stay patient, these last games are tough. Um, Trey Young's playable at 9-6 to me. I know he's been super inconsistent at times. I think he's very playable. Um, not trusting... John Collins at with the possible injury, but he is explosive, but he does get Draymond Green. Uh, Clint could play. It's uh, problem is tonight that center position is just jammed. I mean, there's good, it's great value and some other good plays, but Capella wouldn't be the worst p- play at a very fair price of 7-1 with Golden State, you know, playing small ball a lot. You know, they'll play Bielitsa at center, or Porter at center at times. Uh, Looney holds his own, but he's not a big minutes guy. So really from the Atlanta side, you know, I'm considering Young. Uh, I'm considering Capella more so in GPPs. But after that, and they're starting to use the bench more. Uh, you're getting Hunter at times playing well, but he really disappointed the other day. Reddish has been super inconsistent, but showing promise. Your boy Herter. I mean, there's just a lot of guys, Lou Williams, that, that need some minutes and usage. And that does scare me a little bit for the Bogdanoviches and those guys. But I still think Trey is in such a great spot. you got to consider him here, in my opinion. Yeah, for me, it's the the one, two, three positions are in play for Atlanta. Trey Young, Bogdanovich, and Hunter. And it is crowded there with that bench. But all the prices are coming down a little bit. Yeah. So it's starting to like Bogdanovich. I don't think I've played at all this year, you know, even though I really, and you're an agent. Yeah, I know. I mean, I love him historically as yeah. our members know, and but he's trending up and his price is coming down a little bit. So it's almost time to go there. Yeah. And Hunter, like you said, he, he's sort of hit or miss. If he's hitting his threes, watch out at 4,000 on DraftKings. If he's not, you know, you can get a dud. Uh, so mm-hmm. those guys are playable for me. Um, with the Golden State side, you know, Poole has really been scoring it here, Coach. Three straight games with at least 25 actual points. Yeah. And his production and his amount of shooting is, is really cutting into Curry. You know, Curry's just not having the ceiling games recently. So, for right. me, it's it's Poole out of that backcourt or bust. And, you know, that might be it for me with Golden State. Um, you know, it's a it's a good environment for them because Atlanta plays fast. They're seventh 
and they're not good defensively this year so far. They're 27th. Right. So you could sneak another guy in here, but you know Wiggins doesn't shoot much. Uh, Looney doesn't play much. And then the bench, it, it, to me, it's actually a, a big factor here if Iguodala plays or not. If he's out, right. you know, then maybe you can get one of these guys if they're cheap on that site. For example, Peyton is cheap on DraftKings, but not FanDuel. Uh, Bielitsa, 3,600 on DraftKings. There's a maybe for me. He's he's not getting huge minutes, but he's pretty productive while he's out there. Right. So, you know, maybe a GPP play over on this side, but I do like pool. I'm with you on the pool bandwagon. I mean, I I think I've played him since the preseason. I've been I probably rostered Jordan Pool more than anybody else in the league. As crazy as that is, it's just he is excel. His game is accelerated, and you saw it in preseason that he was going to be a big player here, and he's taking full advantage of that, and definitely taking some of the heat off of Curry. Now his shot selection at times is a little bizarre, but. We don't care about that at DFS. As long as you make your bunch of – we don't care if you shoot 20%. Just keep firing. So I, I really do like Jordan Poole. Until he gets over 6K, I've been saying all along that I'm going to keep rostering him, and he's almost there at 5'8", but I'll take it. Uh, the guy that I sort of like tonight, Andrew, this could be my value pick of the day. Very dangerous. May play him in one cash lineup, but definitely in a GPP, and that's Damian Lee. He's only 3'8". He is the first guard off the bench. He's gotten good, consistent minutes. Now, I know Gary Payton is also getting some of those minutes. But, you know, with Curry on a back-to-back uh, and, you know, Lee sometimes a pool's not hitting will get those minutes. Sometimes he'll spell Curry. Uh, you know, so I like Lee to get 25, 28 minutes and be a good enough guy at to make value work at 3.8, but not a cinch, but a guy I wanted to bring up. Yeah. And for me, you know, it's a good reminder. If you're playing, uh, let's say multiple lineups, or you have a lot invested in pool, you might want to just play one cheap lineup with Lee instead, just in case it's one of his nights. Cause he can pop off for sure. And with the back to back, you never know how it's going to play out. All right, Coach, the other 10 o'clock game is also interesting to me. Phoenix and Sacramento with a 222.5 total. Phoenix favored by 2.5 on the road. And DeAndre Aiden's out, so we've got some things to talk about there. And Sacramento is healthy, but they're coming in after a back-to-back. So who do you like here? Yeah, Sacramento with a a really tough loss yesterday, too. So you wonder how they're going to bounce back uh, today. But... The implied totals are terrific for both teams. Phoenix 114 uh, and Sacramento even at 111.5. Phoenix is not the same defensive team that they were last year. I don't know if it's, you know, hangover from making the finals or whatever, but they're, they just don't look like the same team, uh, especially on the defensive side, which is very surprising. So lots of guys in play here, Andrew. I, you know, this game could be a high scoring game. Um, Chris Paul's all the way up to eight, seven, which is a little hard to swallow. And Devin Booker's at nine, two. Um, you know, it's just tough because you've got still those two guys, one or the other, you know, can have a big night. The other one plays second banana, but it's hard to, to spend that money unless you feel really, really solid about it. Um, Fox Halliburton and Hield are not the best defenders. Halliburton's certainly the best of the three. And I think he starts on Booker. 
And, you know, it makes me want to lean a little bit to Chris Paul here at 8-7. Phoenix needs some wins, and Sacramento's the kind of team they, they need to beat. So I think Paul steps up. He's definitely in consideration for me. The center situation, I don't know what to tell you, man. You know, McGee, uh, I plugged him in the other day, and he, he did, you know, he was okay. He had one game he was bad, one game he was good. So just like you would expect from JaVale McGee at 4K, you know, again, we're in that jammed up center situation on value. So I, I'm interested in your opinion there. I know Frank Kaminsky has been playing some of that spot, but I, you know, I still probably will have McGee on one of my lineups just because he's that cheap. You know, when you only have to get to 20 fantasy points to get to value, that's great. However, you just can't really get away with a guy with 17 fantasy points and expect to really cash. So it's a conundrum here, uh, Andrew. I'm going to throw the big words at you. What What is your solving to this conundrum for Phoenix? Well, you know, McGee, I don't know if there's really, you can really solve McGee. Uh, JaVale is, <laughs> uh, you know, he's the Shackton a fool MVP. Yeah. Uh, he's an incredible athlete. He's got amazing upside, but he can disappear. He can get into foul trouble. So, you know, before the Dr Drummond news, I was, I was more interested in him. Now, you know, I still have some interest because it, it's a good matchup. You can, you can do well at the center spot against Rashawn Holmes. Um, so McGee definitely playable on both sites. Uh, and Frank Kaminsky is in play for me as well because he's power forward eligible on both yeah. sites. So I'm, mo I'm more likely to have him because of that. Uh, but he's been playing, you know, upwards of uh, high 20s minutes, 30 fantasy points. He's a ball player, you know, and uh, um, I, I like his the way he fits into the roster here tonight as a power forward. So both playable. Uh, I lean Kaminsky because he's a power forward. And I'm with you with the guards, too. Um, Paul has been really consistent here lately. Picked it up. 87 is tough, though, because he's not really a 50 fantasy point guy, usually. He's more of a mid-40s. So, right. um, you know, solid cash game option, though. And with Sacramento, you know, it's tough because, like you said, Phoenix 19th defensively this year. We love their pace. They're third. High total. So let's get some Sacramento guys in, too. But... Fox hasn't been shooting it well. Um, you know, Halliburton and, and Heald and Barnes are all that mid-price range. Um, so, you know, for me, to be honest, Buddy Heald is the most attractive at 6,000. He's really shooting it well. He's shooting more than 10 threes per game. So he's the guy I'm most likely to play on Sacramento. But I do want to play probably one or two Phoenix guys. Yeah, you know, Sacramento's a tough one to figure. Uh... I agree with you on Fox, and I've been saying it all along. You know, he and Moran I had as pretty even players coming into this season, and Jaws just blown him away, in my opinion, because he's hitting the outside shot in the threes where Fox still just needs to drive to, to score. And he will have McGee, you know, a decent part of that game in there protecting the rim. So I'm not going up to him. I watched Halliburton. He does not look good, man. I know he's only 6K. But his consistency is just all over the place this year. Uh, I don't trust him. I don't like his body language out there. Um, you know, it, there's a couple of things. You know, I think when Heald comes in the game and he comes off the bench, I think he's going to draw some Mikhail Bridges' defense. They've shown that matchup in the past. 
and I really respect Bridges' defense. So, you know, yes, they do go to Buddy a lot, uh, and he does get good minutes off the bench, but inconsistent and a little scary for me on, on this big of a slate. So even though the total's great and this game makes sense, I'm with you. I, I would sooner have two sons and no kings uh, more than likely. Yeah, and the other thing with those guards, you've got Mitchell now coming in. He's a thorn to the side of he's a thorn to the side of the opposing team because of his defense, but also the Sacramento guys because he's getting all those minutes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Sacramento a little bit tougher this year uh, to deal with. All right, coach. Last game of the night: Charlotte and the Lakers, ten thirty Eastern. Highest total on the board right now, two twenty four yeah. and a half. Uh, Lakers favored by two and a half. This is a back-to-back for Charlotte. Uh, they lost last night in Staples Center to the other resident there, the other tenant. And uh, P.J. Washington still out with the Lakers. A guy named LBJ is out. And another guy named A.D. is questionable with the thumb. So you want to start on Charlotte so you have to talk about A.D.? Well, let's talk about this game because it's probably the key on the entire slate. And I've been watching. I like to watch the Vegas trends when news breaks and they start getting that inside information. And in the last, like, 40 minutes, the line has shrunk to the Lakers only by two. So at home, the L.A. Lakers against a road-weary team in the Hornets on a back-to-back, and the Lakers are only favored by two. That smells very funky to me. Vegas is definitely wanting you to pound the Lakers here. So that gives me a lot of worry. Also, the other side of it is the over-unders drifted up. It's all the way up to 226 and a half, uh, which is the highest on the board, which means they're looking, I think, for this game to be an up-and-down game. And two great implied totals, the best combination on the board at 112.25 for Charlotte, 114.25 114.25 for the Lakers. So this probably is the game. You got to let it roll out there. And I know, you know, I normally, for some reason, don't have a ton of exposure in late games. It just falls that way. But it's not going to be that way today. I'm definitely going to have exposure here um, all over the place. And I'll, I'll start on the Charlotte side. LaMelo Ball at 9K. He's in play for me. Um, the question I have though, and that's why I'm not going to commit to him just yet. I need to do some, you know, studying some coach speak, look at some basketball reference past games, although they're not going to have this combination, but my question, and you can give your opinion on it is I'm thinking the way that ball's playing and the fact that Rogier is still coming back and not playing real well yet that Avery Bradley may start and get the assignment on LaMelo ball. Now, that doesn't mean that ball's a fade, but it certainly takes a little luster off that 9K number. So I'm going to do some homework there. If there's any possibility that the combination is Russ guards LaMelo, then LaMelo's a, a you know plug-and-play 100% guy for me. So I'm going to keep working on that one. Uh, again, like I say, Rogier just not quite playing up to par yet and not uh, making that six mid-six numbers. He's 6-4 on, on – uh, DraftKings, some interest in Gordon Hayward. It's six nine. It's that sub seven number. Uh, interest in Miles Bridges at seven seven. If Davis sits, if Davis plays, I'm not going to play him. And uh, don't really have interest in Mason Plumley here. So 
I need the news. It's all about determining if balls a playable commodity and possibly sliding a Hayward or Bridges based on the Davis news. Yeah, very similar here. Uh, I'm interested in Lamelo, but worried about Avery Bradley. Uh, you know, my instinct would be that he guards Rogier. I think the size, you know, makes a little more sense, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me if he guards Lamelo. Yeah. So I, it's just a little bit tricky because Bradley is a just terrific on-ball defender, one of the best, and that's why he's starting because yep. of his defense. Um, so that one's just going to be tough to to evaluate. Um, with the rest of Charlotte, you know, I don't I don't love that it's a back-to-back. You know that worries me for Hayward a little bit. Uh, I'm a little more interested in Bridges, but he is pricey, and if AD plays, like you said, so. Uh, you know the the other guy I want to mention here is Cody Martin, another thir- only DraftKings here thirty six hundred not on FanDuel where he's five thousand but he's done well in back to backs thirty minutes in the last one yeah um, so he's another guy in that range on DraftKings you can add to the pool um, but you know th- because of the pricing and the way that it works out on the back to back I'm not as interested in Charlotte as I think I would be normally and then right. with the Lakers you know. It's it's hard to zero in there too because we don't know about AD. If he plays, he's ultra expensive with the thumb. I, I don't think I'm going to go there. Um, it's just too risky with him of all players to have a thumb issue. Yeah, because for any basketball player, uh, that's a that's an important uh, digit. So I, I don't I don't want to play AD. Westbrook 9400 on Fanduel is attractive to me. But one for 13 last game out is not very attractive. No. And then everybody else is just a mishmash of blah after blah performance, minutes, usage. Um, you know, if AD sits, you, you, know, you could look at DeAndre or Dwight, but all these other centers we've talked about that are good value on the slate, you don't need to. So it, bottom line is it might be Westbrook or bust for me on the Lakers side. Yeah, it's like you said, this game has a ton of drama that it's going to unfold. And uh, if there's ever a time to make sure you set up your roster properly for late swap, this is the time to do it. Because if we get news that AD is out or anything else, you know, transpires here, you're going to have to make some switches. You know, I've said all along with Russell Westbrook, you know, I know he's had a few good games and but he just has looked awful. And he consistently misses that outside shot, but still takes it. But, you know, 10-4 on DraftKings for a guy that's shooting the way he is, is really brutal. 9-4 on Fandle you can consider. But here's the thing. If Davis sits, um, I see why Vegas has this as such a close game, you know, with a two-point spread. But if Davis sits, I mean, I feel like I'm forced to play Westbrook. I mean... The usage numbers with LeBron and Davis off the floor just absolutely catapult through the roof. All of that usage is not going to go to Bradley, Baysmore, Jordan, Reeves, Monk, Rondo. Those guys stink, Howard. It's going to go to two people. So if AD sits, I'm plugging 100% in. I don't care if it's 10-4. I don't care if it's 100-4. I just am going to play Westbrook in that situation, and I'm going to play Carmelo Anthony. Those two guys are going to take a million shots. If they're going to stay in this game, it's a high total game. Uh, those two have to play. Now, if Anthony Davis plays, then bets are off. 
it completely changes everything. So that's the news I need to know. Because if Davis is out, it's automatic Westbrook Anthony. If Davis is in, then I reshuffle the deck. And the other thing is, if Davis is out, then Miles Bridges is probably going to get a roster call for me. So I could have three, four guys from this game. And weirdly enough, it's if Anthony Davis is out. If he plays, it's going to shift around. I will have exposure, but not to that level. And I think, you know, it's just one of those situations where, you know, you've got veteran guys in Westbrook and Anthony. They know they're going to be told, hey, green light on everything. We need your scoring tonight. And they're going to let it fly. Yeah, man. If if we only knew everything at 6.30 that we're going to know at 10.20 Eastern every night, that's the NBA DFS world for you, right, Coach? Well, remember the old days where you couldn't late swap on some right. of the sites? Yeah. yeah. Then you were really screwed. But Just... now, yeah, now you can at least and, – and in this game, Andrew, you can set it up where if – you fade Russ, you can go to ball, or if you, you know, Davis sits, you can go to Bridges and Hayward. You know, there's different combinations that you can at least set up for yourself to late swap. Yep, absolutely. Set it up so that you can know what that plan is going to be. Right. And the, the, the one saving grace also is that, you know, depending on that AD news, you may get to shift to one of the players in the 10 o'clock games if it, if it comes early enough. So, yeah. We'll be working on it all night. Uh, join us at DFSCoachTalk.com if you want those lineups. We'd love to have you. And then make sure to tune in again tomorrow. Coach will have the three-game NBA DFS slate for you. Uh, and if you jump in today, we'll get you the NFL lineups tonight. Can't wait to put those together. So thank you all for tuning in. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. We'll see you next time as we look to crush it in DFS. <laughs>